Enforcing Christ's Victory to Earth, Part 3, by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. In the last blast, Part 2 of this series, we discussed how to be reborn so we do not have to remain a descendant of Adam. We learned that with his bloodlines, we were born a mixed species, a cursed race, and were not even what God originally created. Our blood was polluted. We learned how this came about through rebellious angels intermarrying with the daughters of man, producing an altered race, a cross species, half man, half angel, as recorded in Genesis chapter 6. When born again and cleansed through the word released for this era, we become new creatures and a return to God with purified bloodlines. Through His wisdom, we are slowly being brought back to perfection. With the knowledge of God in our memory bank, our personal testimony is made strong, and by understanding the indisputable finality of the law, along with the covering of the blood of the Lamb, we are prevailing over the enemy, little by little. It is also quite interesting to see how God arranged for His new creatures to be born into a family that was promised total restoration and in a covenant relationship with Him. That family is of the seed of Abraham. Galatians chapter 3 verse 16 explains, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He, God, does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. With this in mind, let us look at the scripture found in Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 through 29. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. This is how we became a child of the promise. In Genesis chapter 17 verse 7, God promised, And I will establish my covenant between me and you, Abraham, and your descendants after you in their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac fathered Jacob, who was renamed by God as Israel. Genesis chapter 35, verses 10 and 11. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob. Your name shall not be called Jacob any more, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel. Also God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall proceed from you, and kings shall come from your body. So when we become new creatures through Christ, we not only become the children of that promise, we become God's Israel. From the corrupted race of Adam, we passed over to a new species, a new kind of humanity. This came about by learning of God's plan, trusting in it, resting in His ability to make it happen, and in obedience, 
dying into the death of Jesus at baptism. Through his death, we die to our old self, no longer a member of this mixed species, and were resurrected through Christ's resurrection to new life as a child of God, a child of the promise, a child of the covenant, a part of God's household. Romans chapter 6 verses 3 through 5 verifies this. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. New creatures, like Jesus, first fruits, tithed to God. His house, like any household, has rules laid down by the Father for the good of his children. One of those rules states we must come to dinner at his designated time and eat all of what he has ordered to be served. So, as we continue our series, let me introduce a part of God's restoration plan that the enemy has cleverly all but erased from the minds of man. In the attempt to make humanity rebel against the Father's will, a very important command has been ignored and all but forgotten. I speak of God's feasts. You see, they're not just to be celebrated, but personally experienced. For in them, his knowledge has been hidden as a well-concealed and protected treasure. Of course, the enemy has led the majority of mankind as far from them as possible, giving them holidays in their place. Holidays that are absolutely the direct opposite of truth. Even for those that have managed to hang on to the feasts, they're so downplayed, they're so little more than lukewarm rituals. Each year, however, for those that hunger for truth, the feasts remain available to God's people. The feasts are truly to be looked forward to. Each year, another very important part of God's plan for restoration is on the menu to help humanity regain its state of perfection. Besides, to attend it is the Father's desire for His children. God said in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 2, Speak to the children of Israel, remember that's us, and say to them, The feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, or designated meetings with God, these are my feasts, not Christmas, not Halloween, Easter, or any other holiday celebrated by the world, just as holy convocations, his feasts. Here is something else that may surprise many. When we are born again properly, we have, at least on a surface level, experienced the Feast of Sabbath, Passover, and Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and if filled with the Spirit, experienced the Feast of Weeks, or Pentecost. Again, when we meet with God at these yearly holy convocations, we are matured deeper into His knowledge. Our understanding deepens and our personal restoration process continues to grow and manifest according to His plan, 
we become what we eat. Just as Eve chose the fruit of Satan's knowledge, which incidentally succeeded in ruining the whole planet and all on it, God offers man meals today that will return us and all creation little by little to our original perfection. Rebirth is just the beginning, however. It gives us eligibility to receive salvation from past sin, entitles us to the blessings or promises. But we must also personally enter into Christ's covenant or communion to experience them. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verses 53 through 56, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh, the knowledge of God is the flesh of the word, and drinks my blood, causes the new creature to truly come alive and be one blood with him, has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, God's knowledge is food for thought, and my blood is drink indeed. Life is in the blood. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Let me show you where the church has made a huge mistake concerning the blood covenant or communion through not understanding the truth revealed from the feasts. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 23 through 30 explains communion. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes, testifying how he bought our redemption with the sacrifice of himself, fulfilling jubilee requirements, forgiving us back to Father, and returning to us all Eve gave up to Satan. Now here is where I want us to pay close attention. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, as a member of the altered race, poor and lacking God's knowledge, therefore still owned by Him, will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord, God's law. See how Satan has fooled even the elect? But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup to his regeneration, or... For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep or die. Again, the word's flesh is the knowledge of God, the bread of life. The wine is his blood that seals the covenant with the born-again participant, making them one blood. They become his kin. No longer will their blood have traces of the fallen angels, 
nor are the characteristics genetically handed down and seen through those that are His covenant people. They are being completely restored to the image of God, as in the beginning. So what we know now becomes another big key as to why we have not been able to enforce the victory of the cross. You see, God's people have been wrongly approaching communion, not understanding that Eve chose the wrong knowledge, nor did they see how our minds have become leavened and our natures changed. Most of us skipped over Genesis chapter 6, not understanding our ancestors willingly allowed the angels to sexually interact with them, making us an altered race and badly in need of repenting to our Creator for our species. We were also still bound to Adam. We did not know to break soul ties and cords of iniquity before we went down in baptism, therefore making us unable to truly experience Passover. We resurrected with little of God's knowledge about any of these important things, yet tried to enter into a covenant relationship with Jesus in this condition. We still had our grave clothes on. The Word tells us the truth sets us free. Since we didn't know to repent for the above, we didn't experience fully the Feast of Atonement either. Unfortunately for the uninformed, it is at the Feast of Atonement that the trumpets blow, announcing our jubilee, our freedom. In most cases, we were not even taught what the Feast of Atonement was all about. Speaking of this feast, let us take a tiny taste of it, and you will perhaps see another place where we really messed up. Leviticus chapter 23, verses 28 through 31 explains a major problem, one that Satan has successfully framed most of humanity with. And you shall do no work on that same day, speaking of the Feast of Atonement, and not performing dead works. Dead works are those things we do through the world's knowledge that Eve chose. As her descendants, this is still the information accessed by our intellect. For it is the day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. Jesus paid for our sins, atoned for us positionally with his own blood, but we must still personally repent. However, how can we repent for things that we're not aware of? For any person who is not afflicted in soul or does not repent of the wrong he has done, on that same day shall be cut off from his people. And any person who does any work on that same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. Wow! You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute, a law, forever throughout your generations. This is for Israel, in all your dwellings, speaking to us and our household. Again, wow, have we missed it or what? The Word says, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No wonder humanity is in such bad shape. We should be so thankful that Jesus paid the death penalty for our sins, appeased the wrath of God on our behalf, 
guaranteeing us a place in paradise. But if we want to have a part in establishing the new heaven and new earth and be one to experience immortality as promised in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 54 and 55, then we must cease from the things we did as altered humanity. They are all dead works. The works we do as a new creature will be done through God's thinking and be a part of His plan. Our work should aid in establishing God's kingdom and restoring His people. So in closing, let us take a quick look at what wonderful things can happen as we sit down at our Father's table and dine on His knowledge. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 54 and 55 So when this corruptible, Adamic race, has put on incorruption, Christ's family born through the end-time knowledge, and this mortal, fallen man, has put on immortality, the new creature, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? This could be the end result of enforcing Christ's victory to the earth.